Yes, us. Welcome to the Kefi Life Podcast. My name is Kiki Vale, and I'll be your guide to creating a life of Ola Kala, all is well. Together, we'll get back to the basics, and we'll explore fresh new ways to flourish in mind, body, and soul the Greek way. You can look forward to interviews, stories, essential self-care strategies, recipes, and actionable takeaway Ola Kala moments. This is going to be so much fun. Let's get going. Bam it. Alexi, for today is taxidi, taxidi or travel. Taxidi is a concept which, when fully embraced, can be a form of escape, education, and euphoria. Traveling does not have to be to a faraway land. It can be a trip to the local museum, for example, or it can be as extravagant as taking a trip to the Bolivian Amazon jungle. Wherever you travel to, friends, and for whatever reason, seize the purpose for which you are going and make it a calotaxidi, a good trip to you. Eleolado, olive oil, has been celebrated in the civilized world for millennia, nearly eternal. The oil of this fruit has been more than just food to the cultures of the Mediterranean region. It's been medicinal, ceremonial, sacramental, and the foundation of great wealth and power. It is safe to say that olive oil is the ethos, the essence of Greek culinary culture. Today, the priceless and life-giving ingredients of this liquid gold can be delivered to you when you purchase your premium bottle of Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil from the region my parents were born, the Peloponnese. The coveted Koroneki olive is extensively cultivated here in the southern part of Greece, which offers the unique microclimate needed to grow a fruit netting the utmost nutrient value for extra virgin olive oil. Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil, a boundless amount of value, high in antioxidants with anti-inflammatory properties linked to good mood and improved mental health. Get your bottle of wellness today when you visit kefilife.shop. I was about to go to work and I collapsed. Thanks to the American Heart Association's support of life-saving research, Tessa was able to get her life back after suffering from a debilitating stroke. Learn more at helpheart.org. How important are vacations for mental health? A study released last year by the American Psychological Association concluded that vacations work to reduce stress by removing people from the activities and environments that they associate with stress and anxiety. Vacations can cut your risk for heart attack and allow time to de-stress and recharge. Okay, sign me up. But the real question is, where shall we go? Here to guide us, educate us, and share valuable tips is Mina Agnos, president and co-founder of Travel Live. Now, Travel Live is loaded with accolades. Most impressively, though, in my opinion, is the Travel and Leisure Magazine's A-list recognizing Mina Agnos as one of the world's top 139 travel agents. Wow. Mina, you are very successful. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's really our pleasure. And like after our green room conversation, I realized that you are really a wealth of information and knowledge. But I first have to ask you this question because I knew you from when you were when we were really small and now we we reconnect years and years and years later and it's so exciting to see you doing so well. Where in the world have you actually lived? I have lived a lot of places. So um, I started the company in New York City. I was there for about 10 years and then moved to Athens. And I was in Athens for about the past 15. 
And now I'm kind of between South Florida, Delray Beach, and Athens, Greece. Oh, God, that's exciting. So you've lived in some really um, hubs, if you will, some some cities that yes. are exciting, some <laughs> places that we would like desire to go and visit. Um as the president and co-founder, you're listed in Travel and Leisure's A-list as one of the world's top travel agents. Congratulations. So what do you attribute this high honor? Uh, I think that when you love what you do, it really shows. And I, I truly believe that when people give me 10 to 12 days of their lives, that what I return back to them is a memory that's worthy of that lifetime experience. And um I've had clients who've just had wonderful experiences and they were the ones that really put me in front of travel and leisure. So it wasn't something that I necessarily pursued on my own. It was something that came to me just following, um, delivering a lot of great memories. The best testimonial, I'll tell you what, word of mouth. So (laughs) do you remember the moment that you, you know, tell us a little bit about your education and your experience leading up to Travel Live, but do you remember the moment that you're like, I'm going to start this fantastic business and help people plan a memorable trip? I think that I really fell into it more organically. Um, my background was really in the sciences and, um, you know, the sciences and math. And uh, I went to Greece as a study abroad student when I was about 19. And as soon as I got there, I was 100% sure I wasn't leaving. So I transferred universities. I graduated there. My degree was in mathematics. Um, and during that time, I was spending summers working on the islands. So I would head over to Mykonos and, you know, had jobs doing all kinds of fun things there and thought, tourism, this is it. <laughs> this is what I want to be doing. Um, without, I think, really understanding all the work that that, that entails. So um, when I finished my degree in, in Greece, I moved back to New York City. And that's when I did a master's degree in tourism because I knew where I wanted to go, but not necessarily how I was going to get there. And um, it was really September 11th that put me on the path into selling travel because before that I was more on a marketing, um, you know, new technology track. And um, when the world shut down, it was kind of the first time that it was like, okay, so what do we do? And, you know, in all honesty, I really started a business to kind of pass the time until tourism came back. And by the time it came back, um, you know, the Olympics were coming to Athens. And that's when people were saying to me, you know, Mina, you're Greek, you lived in Greece, why aren't you sending us to Greece? And, you know, it was kind of really one thing led to the next. And, um, you know, to the point where a lot of the business did become Greece. And in 2008, um, it was enough to say, okay, we need to go back to Athens and really set this up in a way where I've got the services and the partners and and everything in place to sell the kind of experiences that I want to be selling. So that's, you know, how it happened. And when we opened the office there, we were staff of three. Uh, Today, we're about 40 and growing every day. And we've opened an office in South Florida as well. So We've also added more destinations. So in addition to Greece, we're covering a lot of the Mediterranean with extensions to Italy, Croatia, Turkey, um, Egypt, Jordan, and uh, Spain. That was my next question. Firstly, congratulations. What a big (laughs) honor, Mina, and how outstanding to be able to follow your passion and come up with this beautiful Mm -hmm. business organically. Um, And I find that a lot of times that's when life happens so effortlessly if you will. But I noticed, I want the the followers to know that you are wearing this beautiful gold wreath on your head. It looks like a wreath that an Olympian (laughs) would wear. Tell me about this. It's so pretty. So I I like to represent and um, I am currently in Las Vegas representing Greece in a trade show. And I tend to bring in, you know, either mythological or um, the God themes while I'm attending these events. It it tends to be really memorable, but I also, I love it. And um, so today I was channeling goddess Athena. (laughs) 
You are doing it splendidly. You are doing it just splendidly. And you have those gorgeous Greek blue eyes. So kudos. Um, So Mina, you mentioned the different countries and the expansion of your company. Uh, I did notice that you have on your website, Travel Live with one L. You mentioned that to me, Mm T-R-A-V-E-L-I-V-E that you have brands with countries, travel to Greece, travel to Italy, travel to, travel to. So do you have experts that help the guests or the clients with these particular countries? Are they experts in those countries? Exactly, exactly. So once we determine we're coming into a new destination, usually there's somebody who's championing it. Typically it's somebody who's from that destination um, and who's got a lot of experience there. And then we start a uh, development program which is traveling to that destination, determining who the right hotel partners are, coming up with the right experiences and making sure that we've got, you know, all of the right services in place before we're ready to fully launch it. Let's talk about Greece because I too am a child of immigrant (laughs) Greek parents and I have traveled. Yeah, yes, kudos. We are just like, (laughs) I, zito elada. Um, but uh, in Greece, <laughs> in Greece, there's this new slogan with tourism, and tourism is such a big industry. It, it, if it's done right, and if it's done right, I believe that it can be certainly magical. But there's this new slogan. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called "Ola osa thelis elada." All you want is Greece. So, how Mina Agnos do we begin to approach this destination? I think that exactly. Play the way that they say it. And, you know, one of the things that I like to do when we're, when we're working into planning some new itineraries is to really get an idea of what you want. You know, what is it that's your interest? What do you hope to get out of this destination? What do you like to do when you're at home? And how do we bring that into your experience? So it could be, um, you know, food and wine. It could be visiting the wineries and seeing how, you know, the local varieties are produced and what's different about that from other wine regions around the world. It could be, um, you know, mythology and culture. You know, we've got a lot of kids, especially after after uh, the pandemic, when kids were work studying at home, um, along with parents working at home, who were coming to Greece and really getting to know history, culture, mythology that they were learning about in school, but getting to do it in the place where it all took place and, you know, learning about it in, in real life as opposed to just, you know, through books and photos. So I, it, I think that just having an idea of, of where your interests lie, it's not just a vacation where you're going to lie on the beach. You know, we can incorporate that too, but definitely incorporating all those things that are going to make it a really special memory for you and really personal for you as well. Where I first, or when I first experienced that, Mina, what you just described was a recent trip. I think it was 2018. We went to Athens and I was with my daughters. I have three daughters and a son. And I said to my girls, let's go to the Parthenon. And let's just get some pictures and feel the energy and the ethos of our country and our heritage. And they're like, yeah, mom, let's do this. And we had a driver who was so educated. He was a tour guide, I think. He, he wasn't technically a tour guide, but he had been educated so well in school that he told us so much of the history and fact, facts about the Parthenon, the Acropolis, the highest point, Acro, Acropolis, and you know the significance. And it really lended... Um, an extra piece of value to that trip to the Parthenon. So I, I really appreciate what you are talking about there. 
Right. I think that, um, you know, the people that guide you are so important. And again, knowing the kind of personality of, of whoever's taking that trip really allows us to put the right guide in place for them um, so that you can have those kinds of experiences where you really get to know about the things that um, not just the history and the culture and the mythology, but also what appeals to you about those things. Even though Greece is so much more than the sun and the sea, which, my God, I love the thalassa and the warm, bright, beautiful sunsets and sunrises of Greece, the islands, the islands. How do we approach this topic, Mina? Because they're now, everybody knows about Satorini and Mykonos and Kriti and all that, but there are some really interesting ones popping up. Like I never knew about um, Milos. Mm Hmm. Okay. Milos is, is getting a lot of awards right now, but, you know, indeed, for so long, um, Greece was kind of a one-time visit where you did Athens, Mykonos, Santorini, and maybe Crete, and saw the Acropolis and Delphi, and maybe did a, you know, a tour around the caldera in a sailboat. Um, and it's changed so much because especially, it, it started before the pandemic where there was a shift towards people really wanting to get more authentic and really know the local culture and come out of that tourism bubble. But the pandemic really brought human connection to the forefront. So now when we see people traveling to Greece, they still want to go to Santorini. They still talk about Mykonos, but they really want to go off the radar and understand what is the culture like? How do the people live? Um, and, and go to places like Milos and like Paros and Naxos and even the mainland, Paraboniso, do some touring um, to some of the classical sites. And it's so much more than just Mykonos and Santorini now. And we're starting to see in Greece that, you know, it used to be that Greece was a, a one-time bucket list trip, but, you know, Americans would travel to Italy four to seven times in their lifetime. Greece is now becoming that, where people are returning four to seven times. So, you know, they're really getting to know a lot more of the destination. And I think that and getting to know the culture and the people and, and how it is outside of the tourist centers um, has really made a big difference in terms of, you know, Greece being all you want it to be. This probably isn't a fair question, but do you have a favorite island? I do have a favorite island. I used to say it's like choosing your favorite child and I would never tell because I have favorite islands for for different things. But um, during the pandemic, I spent uh, most of most of it <laughs> for about five months in Paros. And I made some great friends there. I return there every year. It's one of the more up-and-coming destinations. So for me right now, that's my personal favorite. Um, but it doesn't mean it should be everyone's favorite. And I think that, you know, really choosing the favorite island based on, you know, the, what, what it's best for is, is the best way to go when it comes to determining where to travel to. So what is it that you love about Paros? You know, I love that it is very authentic, but it's also very chic. So you have kind of the best of everything there. You've got the great beach clubs, but you also have the tiny villages that are actually called traditional settlements because they're not big enough to be villages, you know, where life kind of continues the way that it had, um, you know, back in the days of the Byzantine times when, when, uh, Paros was kind of the, the marble quarry for all of the, the region, the Phoenicians, the, you know, the Cyclades. So it's, you have kind of, all of that. You have the ancient history, but you have the modern, um, you know, you've got great restaurants and dining, but you also have really traditional great tavernas. So you get kind of all of the best of Greece in, in one place. And it's literally one hour end to end. You know, there's a place I've always wanted to go, but because of time, and they say, well, my God, Kiki, you're in Greece. Don't even talk to us about time getting from one destination to another, but it can be a little bit tricky. There's a place and you know it, it's Meteora and it's a world heritage site. Mm -hmm. Um, Please share with us what Meteora is and why you believe or know that it is a World Heritage Site. So Meteora is an amazing place that is so different from any images you see of Greece. Um, it is a World Heritage Site because it is a religious center. So it's a place where you've got these incredible limestone cliffs. They say it used to be underwater at some point. Um, but perched on the top of them, you have monasteries and they're functioning monasteries. So you have nuns and um, 
you know, um, I don't even remember the word for in English, um, but they live there and they live there in a way that um, they used to in, in old times. I mean, in the past, they used to send down baskets and, and pull people and supplies up, you know, to them. Um, we're now there are steps, which, you know, some of them require about three or 4,000 steps to get to. But it is a truly fascinating site, not just for religious pilgrims. I mean, it is one of the more important um, Greek Orthodox sites, but it's also just a fascinating place to get to know the Greek religious culture and see kind of how um, time stood still and, and continues to stand still in this amazing place. Is it a challenging destination to reach uh, with transportation, I mean? No, not really. Um, it's it's about five hours from Athens. So typically we would kind of break it up with a visit to um, Delphi and Arachova. From Thessaloniki, it's it's a day trip. So you can just drive there and, and you know do your sightseeing and come back in the evening or stay over if you wish. But it's it's truly a stunning spot. It's something that uh, a lot of people who are visiting Greece don't necessarily have on their radar. So it's it's something that I think is really special and, and should definitely be on everyone's radar. Well, after speaking to you now about it and giving that illustrious description, it is still on my radar. So let's talk about the wellness in Greece. I'm crazy about this. I've been thinking about for years planning a Kefi Life Wellness Retreat. Give me your 411 on wellness in Greece. You know, wellness has been something that means so many different things to so many different people. And, you know, up until, I guess, pre-pandemic, there's always before and after now. Um, for me, it was kind of like, you know, you have a hotel that has a good spa, that's a wellness place. And it's really not not what it is. I mean, in Greece, you have a lot of places where you've got um, thermal waters, you've got incredible food, um, you know, you have people and, and places to go and get away and not think about things. So it truly is more all-encompassing in terms of body, mind, spirit, soul, um, everything. And for me, it really all came together um, I think it was summer, it was uh, December, no, January of 2019. So it was my 45th birthday. Um, and I decided I was going to go on a silent retreat. Um, and I went to Euphoria in Mistra. So Mistra is just next to Sparta. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, it is a stunning and mystical place. Um, and it's right next, next to these beautiful forests. And um, this is a property that um, is, is known for wellness, kind of, um, it's relatively new, but it's known for wellness in Europe. It's not very well known in the U.S yet. Um, and I went there with a really open mind because I typically hadn't been at the time the kind of person that would sit and do a breathing workshop or, you know, yoga. And I, I remember going into the breathing workshop and thinking, okay, um, I'm just going to be open-minded and, and do this <laughs> and, and not walk out. Um, so I did. And, and once this ended, uh, the instructor came to me and he said to me, Mina, you're ready. And I was just so confused and thinking, well, what, what does that mean? What am I ready for? And it turns out that I had some additional sessions with him after this. So we, I did what's called a Watsu bath, which is, um, it's in effect, you float in the water and you're manipulated. Um, and it's supposed to um, be, be reminiscent of being in the womb. And uh, it was one of, it, it was it, it, the most intimate experience that I've ever had in my life that wasn't related to, you know, sex and love relationships. So it was something that I really didn't have the words to express um, what it was. So um, I, I went, you know, back to the, the, the property and I just, uh, you know, cried and then drank two bottles of wine with my friend. <laughs> and, um, and, and that was really the beginning for me. So that's when I was really ready. So, um, you know, I, I had gone back and, and a lot of, um, a lot of the programs there have to do with, um, energy and, and wellness. And, and it's focused on, um, on ancient Chinese and ancient Greek rituals. So, it was something I truly did not expect. So I went back and did some energy sessions um, with this with this same instructor who um, 
really kind of changed a lot of things for me. So it, it's the first time that I really understood how wellness can be something that's that's so much more personal and spiritual and and different than just, you know, getting a massage and coming back moisturized and, you know, relaxed. So it, it was truly the start of a, a spiritual journey for me. And um, that, uh, that that instructor, Nico, kind of continues to be in my life and a very good friend and someone who um, is, is truly a healer and remains at that property as well. So everyone should go see him. Oh, that's wonderful, Nico. And it's, it's so, that's how I equate wellness to uh, sort of releasing toxins in a certain way. I know that sounds generic, but just sort of getting rid of the stuff that's holding you back and holding you down uh, mentally, physically, and spiritually. So Mina, what trends or which trends are you seeing in travel for 2022, 2023, for the rest of the year leading into next year? So I'm saying that because people have had a lot of time working from home, they're taking longer vacations. So we used to see Americans traveling between kind of eight to 12 days. Now, um, I would say on average, it's around 14, but we're also seeing kind of the work from homers who are coming and spending several months and um, either basing in one place and doing day trips, I know, or um, or moving around and staying in, in multiple places kind of a couple of weeks to a month at a time. So that's something that's very different. We're also seeing a lot of multi-generational families. So reunions taking place after everybody's been kind of, you know, isolated and, and stuck in their, their various corners of the world or their houses. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing the a core family comes together and they decide that they're going to be doing this trip and then grandparents join and cousins join and, you know, additional family members join. So they turn into this more group experience. Um, there's been a huge shift to, you know, away from those trendy sites to go more off the radar and to really get to know what authenticity is and what Greece is and, and how people like to live and work and, and, you know, play in these destinations. So it's, it's truly like local is, is the word right now. And um, I've also found that, um, you know, for those who are more concerned about socially distancing and things like that, um, yacht charters and villas have become um, a really big growth product and, and not just necessarily the ultra luxe uh, yachts that cost hundreds of thousands per week, even catamarans where you could start around, you know, 25,000 per week, you could fit up to eight people in there and four equivalent cabins. So things like that are, are really taking off where, you know, you can get to see a lot of places and, and, you know, go to the famous spots, but also more off the radar. Um, but really, you know, getting to see things in a way that it feels more comfortable and um, more socially distanced. What a great memory or an experience to get a catamaran with a group of people, maybe have a chef on there, tool around. I mean, I know, I know people, mm-hmm. I haven't been on any yachts, but I know people that have yachts and they do that. And it's just, that, that, is part of, that is part of health and wellness is that connectivity and relationships with other people. And if you do it in a beautiful site, uh, that could be really like life-changing maybe. Truly, really special. Really, it's really special. And we've seen a lot of families and groups of friends kind of getting together and, and doing this and just getting completely off the radar and connecting with each other, connecting with nature and uh, connecting with Greece. Outstanding. Uh, Croatia is becoming really popular. I haven't been, but I hear that people are actually considering it a, a lot these days. Could you tell me why? Croatia was one of the countries that had really um, lax COVID policies early on. So people were allowed to travel there um, quite early. So from 2020, they never really closed. And that I think really allowed them to gain popularity, even though it's an amazing destination, you know, in itself. Um, but what I love about Croatia is that it's this tiny country. It's, you know, part of former Yugoslavia, which we don't really talk about that. But, you know, one of the fun things that I experienced there is that, um, you know, as someone who has two passports, I don't 
I rarely get stamped. Um, and there you have six countries that you can visit as day trips. So it's the one place where I went one to one different place that I came back with five stamps in my passport. So that for me was just <laughs> super, I mean, highlight, right? Um, but it's- Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So you, I mean, cool. you, you truly have kind of a, like Greece, like Italy, you've got a lot of everything there. So, you know, Dubrovnik, you've got this, you know, Venetian castle town, which is an amazing, um, you know, archeological site in itself, but it's also a city. Um, you know, moving on to the islands where, again, you've got these incredible beaches, beautiful islands. It's a great place to go sailing or experience a gullet ride. Um, you know, you have the, the wine regions there. You've got the oyster regions. Um, you know, the new um, Istria is, uh, in, in, is is the new Tuscany of, of this entire region. And then from there, you can also get to Slovenia really easy, which is such a beautiful country and, and something that's quite a surprise. Um, you can visit Bosnia-Herzegovina's day trips, get to Montenegro. So there are a lot of things in that area that you can do and experience several different cultures, um, even several different countries within a short distance, even as day trips. Plus, you've got natural UNESCO sites, you've got historical UNESCO sites, you've got incredible food, you've got really great local wines. So it truly has kind of everything in a, in a you know, small space in terms of distance. Um, plus, the price point is still quite good for, for this area because it is more up and coming. Sold. I have a lot on my bucket list after talking to you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Oh, my God. Oh, thank you. So as far as COVID goes, because that really was a bone of contention, I think it really got COVID, got the pandemic, got people thinking about, hey, life is pretty short. I've been holed up. I've been locked up. I've been going a little crazy. It's time to get out there and experience life. Are, are there any post-COVID Tips, tricks, something you want to tell us about travel these days in 2022 leading into 23? You know, I think that now things are pretty much going back to normal on the ground level. Um, but we definitely saw a huge, huge influx of, we called it revenge travel, um, you know, the COVID revenge. But um, it's at this point, a lot of I the, love that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the countries, it. <laughs> it is, there's a lot of the revenge <laughs> travel. Um, most of the, the, these countries now have dropped a lot of their requirements. So you don't need to have, you know, testing or vaccination for several of them. Coming back to the U.S., if you're vaccinated, you no longer need testing. So a lot of the borders are pretty open. And I, I would say when it comes to, um, you know, selecting your destinations and how to get there, my recommendation would always be to, you know, fly directly into your destination and, and avoid some of the other Northern European countries where some of them still have some restrictions in place. Um, so, you know, that's it. So if you can come from, you know, North America directly in, that helps, I think. But uh, as as the season progresses and as we go into next year, I think unless there's some other major crisis, we should definitely see that it's going to be similar to traveling in 2019 again. So Mina Agnos, president and co-founder of Travel Live, uh, is there any valuable, I, I mean, there's just so much more we could talk about. I'm probably going to have to make you a regular <laughs> if you're open to it. But is there any valuable information or insight today that you'd like to add about travel that maybe I skimmed, you know, forgot to ask? You know, I think that the, the goal is that when you travel, always pack your patience and always be open-minded because, you know, things go wrong. Um, but you know, we're all people and, and really we're all just kind of on this planet together. So, you know, I know that there's been a lot of separation between cultures and even in, within the U.S., um, you know, cultures and communities. So I think kind of going in with an open mind and really, you know, being open to experiences and people, um, you'll find that everyone around the world pretty much has the same hopes and dreams um, for themselves and their families. And, you know, knowing that and understanding it and going in with, you know, the best intentions is, is really the best 
Well said, very well said. Well, you are such a special guest and I ask all my special guests uh, this final question, which is, Mina Agnos, in my life, I've learned that. So I, as a traveler, have learned a lot of things, um, but I think one of the most important lessons I've learned is kind of going back to my last point, that everyone around the world has the same kinds of hopes and dreams and wishes for themselves, for their families, for the people around them. And I I think that having that understanding really helps you to be a better traveler and a better person. And uh, I think that the more that we travel, the more our our minds expand and the more our life expands. And uh, everyone should be moving around and really getting part of that in their lives. Wonderful and well said. So for the folks that want to travel and they want to take a trip and experience the world but need a little guidance, how how should they get in touch with you? So I can be reached um, at travelive.com. Again, it's one L, T-R-A-V-E-L-I-V-E.com. Um, and an email address is priority at travelive.com. You have been an outstanding guest. Thank you so much, Mina. It's really great to reconnect and hear all your wonderful uh, pieces of advice, information, and shared stories. It's such a pleasure. I'm so happy we could do this. Stay right there. Up next, your weekly takeaway to keep it all as well. Hola, cala. This Ola Kala moment brought to you by the law offices of Liston and Centillus, ranked number one by the Leading Lawyers Network since 2010, taking care of all your real estate needs. Would you ever plan a trip to the Serengeti or the rainforest in the Amazon? My friends Jerry and Mike have been on a safari. They say it's mind-blowing and breathtaking. It's my guess that getting up close and personal to wildlife is a humbling experience. When you go to a place where you're in the midst of large and small animals, more than three species of large herbivores and nearly 500 species of birds, all of a sudden you realize the world we live in is enormous and vast and miraculous. Move towards an olekala, all is well mindset when you travel with an open mind somewhere new on the planet that also brings you new perspective. Kiki Vale is the founder of Kefi Life. She is passionate about whole person wellness and living a fulfilled life. Her Kefi Life podcast is created to simply and naturally help you harmonize the mind, body, and soul the Greek way. Visit kefilife.com, at kefilife365 on Instagram, and check out Kiki Vale on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Join us again next time for more positive energy and inspiration on Kefi Life.